morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. We continue our series on the seven messages Jesus gives the Apostle John to deliver to the early churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Today we look at his message to the church in Smyrna. He acknowledges their struggles and encourages them to live faithfully and grow in his ways and through the struggle. It's really hard to keep perspective in the middle of the pain and I'm not just talking about inconveniences, although this message will help there too. We're even talking about the white-knuckled, can't-see-through-the-tears-in-your-eyes kind of pain, the kind that will kill you. This matters because we will struggle, sometimes in big ways, sometimes in little things, the irritants, the stresses, the chronic, and the momentary. They're all certainties of living in a sin-infected world. And we want to continue to love God, love others, and share hope, even when it's hard. We need to continue to seek God through the end. Because in Jesus, the best is still to come. Every big movie these days, especially the Marvel movies that Disney's making, all end, and the credits start to roll, but it's not really over. It's just a little break, because at some point in those credits, maybe even twice, there's going to be more. There's going to be another clip, and it's going to give you, uh, let you know that the story isn't over. It's a teaser. There's more cool stuff to come. Anticipate it. Get hyped up. Get ready to come and pay your money and buy your popcorn and watch the rest of the story. Because this is not the end. There's more to the story. Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these are the words of the first and the last who has come and who has died and came to life. I know your affliction and your poverty, even though you are rich. I know the slander of the, on the part of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Beware, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have affliction. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Whoever conquers will not be harmed by the second death. The church in Smyrna is about to come to serious struggles, and they need encouragement. The central statement in this message is the end of verse 10. Be faithful until death. Everything else is built around this directive to continue teaching and following Jesus until the day that we die. Verse 9 speaks of the affliction and poverty that they are suffering. He then describes how they will be slandered by the Jews living around them. Now, worship of the Roman deities was mandated by Roman law. However, the Jews had received an exemption. Up until this time, the early Christians were viewed as a Jewish sect. But then the Jewish leaders not able to run out the followers of Jesus, turned to the Romans to do the deed. They went to the Romans and they said, these Christians are not Jews. They do not get our exemption. And they are causing problems. So Roman leaders began to imprison, torture, and even execute followers of Jesus for refusing Roman religious mandates to worship and sacrifice to the Roman gods and the emperor himself. So Jesus prepares us for difficulty by focusing our minds on who he is and what he has done for us. Throughout these four verses, Jesus delivers six truths to prepare us to deal with the difficulties and struggles of this life. These six truths fit into two different categories. 
The first three concern who Jesus is, and the final three are treasures he has given us, things he does for us. These truths prepare us to endure faithfully through the struggles and even empower us to die well. The first two are in verse 8. Jesus introduces himself as the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. Jesus is the Son of God. His nature is divine and eternal. He has always been and will always be. He is bigger and farther reaching than we can imagine. If you've ever been to the beach and you look out over the ocean and there's no trees or hills or buildings or anything to really block your view, you can see as far as you can see. There's no limit to your sight. There's no limit on Jesus. He sees it all. He reaches it all, even beyond our sight, all of it. He's working in it all. All of time and all of space, things physical and spiritual, your actions, your words, your thoughts, Jesus as the Son of God is present for it all. He's above it all. He even commands life and death, and they obey him. He says that he was dead and came to life. He is bigger than death. He let it get a hold of him, and then he broke through it, defeated it, overcome it. In our minds, death is final. When we rely on our own understanding, there's no coming back from death. But that's a big message here. Jesus has more, so much more for us after death. It's not that it's an encore or one of those little 10-second clips after the credits. No, this, is, this life is simply the introduction. The real show is all with him and his kingdom. All of eternity with him will make this life seem inconsequential. Our resurrection will be patterned after his. Put the resurrection of Jesus before your mind and know that Jesus rose from the dead and overcame death. He broke it. Jesus overcame death and he will overcome it for us too. The rushing river is not so scary when you have someone who can swim it with you in tow. You don't have to avoid the dark alley when you have a strong, tough friend by your side. This bleeds over into every struggle or temptation or hurt that we suffer. No matter what enemy or difficulty or struggle that you come up against, know that Jesus is bigger and he will see you through it. This faith produces courage and endurance to live faithfully in the face of adversity and pressure and to continue to love God and love others even though we are wounded. It sustains the peace, joy, and hope of Jesus through tough times. Third, in verse 9, he says, I know your afflictions and poverty. He sees it all. He is with you through it all. He doesn't say, just get over it. It's not that bad. Just suck it up. He recognizes your trouble. There's no unsympathetic advice or patronizing cliches. He doesn't glance over your pain or trivialize it. He comes beside you and he feels it with you. He knows it. Not just knowing about it, but he feels our pain with us. He gets messy. He cares for you that deeply. He became a man for this very purpose, to feel what we feel and be able to take it all in our stead. You are not alone. Jesus is with you. He knows and he wants to walk through it with you. This is what I want to see in our church. When one of us goes through something, we don't trivialize the pain. We don't overlook it, ignore it, sweep it under the rug, or rationalize it as just part of life. Instead, 
Let's truly see one another like Jesus does. Know their struggle and then walk through the hurt with one another. With the fourth truth, we turn the corner from truths about who Jesus is to what he is doing for us. The first three truths have been about Jesus' person, his nature. He is the first and the last. He rose from the dead. He knows your pains and stresses intimately. Now the last three are things he does for us or he gives us. He gives riches, the crown of life, and rescue from the second death. He says, I know your affliction and your poverty even though you are rich. He is comparing their physical poverty to their spiritual wealth. Jesus wants them to adopt a new perspective and see that they have a great deal of treasure in Jesus, which is vastly more valuable than any physical wealth. In Jesus, we are adopted into God's family and have a whole church beside us. We enjoy living waters of peace and joy and hope of Jesus that will never cease. We're empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit who works through us to do great good in this world. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Worldly wealth will fade. Popularity and looks and power will all wane as life goes on. In death, it will all be forfeit. Only our treasures in Jesus will we keep. One day we will realize that what really matters, what really makes a difference in a person's life is not the vacations they take, the car or the houses or the phones they possess, the clothes they wear. Instead, it is your relationship with Jesus and the character, the Spirit of God is growing in you, your investment in other people and the future that God has secured for you. These are the things that you will sit back and be thankful for one day, and maybe they will be the things you will wish that you had put more effort into. The fifth and sixth truths are also tied together, just like the first and second. Jesus reminds us of the future. He is secured for us. Death is not the end of your story. He says, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And then the next verse, he says, whoever conquers will not be harmed by the second death. The command to be faithful until death is empowered by the reward of the crown of life. This is abundant eternal life that starts now and is active now and will continue through death and into eternity. We can be faithful even until death because we see beyond death. God never seems intent on giving us all the details about life after death. He does, however, give us enough of a picture to comfort and encourage us to live faithfully in this life. The preoccupation of many believers on end times has led them to shrug off our responsibilities to love one another and care for creation now. But this misses the target because every biblical teaching about life after death is given to encourage and to motivate us to live the way of Jesus now. Popular media and folk sayings severely damage the biblical picture of eternal life in Jesus He does not promise eternity as disembodied spirit with wings and a harp. We do not become angels and we do not go to heaven in the way most people describe it. Jesus reveals three points that are of particular importance to our living faithfully into death. First, Jesus will return and judge every person. From other places in the Bible, we know this will be unexpectedly. Second, evil will be punished. That is the second death. Goodness demands that evil be rightly dealt with. Finally, 
Jesus' people will resurrect to live with him forever in his kingdom. This is the crown of life. It's going to be great. Creation will be restored to its very good state in which God created it in the beginning. When we die, we are immediately with Jesus in a real spiritual way. Waiting for the fulfillment of the promises of Jesus, the scripture often calls it paradise, but that is a temporary situation. Our full hope is that when Jesus returns, we will all be resurrected just like he was here on earth. At the same time, the earth will also be restored to Eden as God's kingdom. I think there will be greater continuity between this life and the next, more continuity between this life and the next than most Christians realize. So Jesus told the church in Smyrna, be faithful unto death. Today, he tells us to be faithful unto death. When we hurt and when it goes on for so long that we struggle to see the end, when we just get so caught up in our stresses that we lose sight of the bigger picture, it can be so easy to give up on the way of Jesus and to instead lash out in hate and bitterness and selfishness, to lie and steal and take it out on other people. It can be so easy to give up on Jesus and to relinquish the peace and joy and hope of his promises for quick fixes, momentary gratifications that cover the hurt. Take these six truths Jesus gives us and, and hold them firmly in your mind to encourage you to love God and love others in peace and goodness until your last day. Today, I pray that you take this to heart and that you remember that these truths are not just for you. Following Jesus is never just about you. Share hope with one another as well. Jesus puts all this together for a reason, to encourage one another and to follow him together. There are going to be hard days. Your kids are going to go haywire. Your body is going to fail you. And people you love are going to die or leave or hurt you. And people are going to be mean to you and lie and steal. And jobs and finances are going to stress you. Whatever the stress is, and one day, you're going to die. But remember that Jesus is bigger than your struggle. He has broken through the greatest enemies. And nothing stands against you. He knows your struggle and he walks through every day with you. He has accomplished for you a great hope that is certain. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. This is Pastor Jeremy. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.